TV8 My Dinner is an attempt at demonstrating intellectual civility while discussing popular entertainment. Brought to you by DarkCrazy.com There's this kid. He's in trouble. Move or die. Pump the hate breaks, Thanos. It's your time. Don't call it a comeback! Dressed up as a sex toy. So dark. You sure you're not from the DC universe? In the year 2007 AD, DarkCrazy.com launched the last of its eighth dimensional probes. Theorizing that the teachings of popular culture could save the world, Dr. Shang, but Gilberto stepped into the TV Ate My Dinner Accelerator and vanished. He awoke to find himself in a dimension not of sight but of sound. Trapped in an imaginary non-space called the interwebs. His only guide on this journey was Greg, the gruff co-founder of the project, who appeared in the form of a voice Sean could only sometimes hear. While lost in non-space, they joined with other explorers who were adrift on the seas of fate, such as Hazel Lynn and the Mighty Mandru. I am Bron, an artificial intelligence from the 8th dimension who has chosen to join their crusade, to combat the growing toxicity and negativity that threaten to corrode the very fabric of the internet. We've been running ever since, striving to point out what once went wrong, in movies and TV, on a never-ending struggle to subtly civilize the information age, in the continuing voyages of a make-believe space coaster that's inexplicably known as TV Ate My Dinner Alright, so there we go. So, you're listening to TV Ate My Dinner. My name is Sean. I'm here with Andrew. Hello. Probably talking about Deadpool tonight. This feels like a very skimpy summer. Like, I feel like they're going too early. So, movies like Black Panther come out February. Yeah, and then the big summer? movies like Avengers come out in April. And now here we are, it's June. We're like, what's out? Nothing. Yeah, I mean, Ant Man's the one that's coming, right? Yeah, it's like the it's like but, the, big, the only big one I can think of left. That's Jurassic World, July. too. Yeah, this I haven't seen Jurassic World. I'll, looks, I'll watch it, but I don't. That looks worse. The more I see, <laughs> I don't think we'll do an episode about it. Yeah, I might watch that for fun, but I don't know that there's going to be anything to talk about. We saw the trailer. We could probably just discuss that with the same level of, of material. Bumblebee. <laughs> Bumblebee. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Bumblebee is coming out. Yeah, I've seen the trailer for that also. Yeah, it looks better than ter- the Transformers. Yeah, it's basically Iron Giant. They're like, let's go a whole different way with this. He just meets a girl, and he's actually a Volkswagen bug for once. And they just have what look like lighthearted adventures. Yeah, it's what the first Transformers should have been. Yeah, not not a lot of crude PG-13s cussing and weird sexual innuendos. <laughs> yeah, racist side characters and women from car wash posters. <laughs> try to actually make this something your kids could watch 
So, so yeah, Deadpool yeah. 2 was good. I, I enjoyed Deadpool 2, though. Yeah, I thought it was fun. It was just as, um, you know, the, set, the first one was such a, like, this is where you go, like, surprise. You're like, you're never going to meet that, so don't worry about that. So just go in there with, um, and I thought they did some interesting things. I thought it was I actually fun think for what this it was. one's more enjoyable than the first one, and, and that's saying a lot, because that's what I was worried about. It's like, are they going to try to take it too far now, or are they going to try to scale it back? That's such a That's such a difficult sort of balance. But I think they did a good job, and I think there's more going on in this one. That's kind of why it's fun. It's like Deadpool is the most fun corner of the X Men universe. It's like they may reboot X Men through Deadpool because they just have fun with making these movies. The right, they're always kind of depressing. But he's like the one aspect that actually feels like a real superhero movie, and he's the furthest thing from a real superhero. As, as a spoof of that kind of genre, I think he works really well. And you get to ca- see characters like like Colossus, or they get to fight the Juggernaut. The Juggernaut was voiced by him too. Oh, I didn't know that. Right, girls. Awesome. Like we didn't have any more money left, <laughs> so it's like <laughs> we'll just do that. That'll be easier. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure paying Ryan Reynolds overtime doesn't cost nothing. But he was yeah. just having fun with it, and I think that's the greatest thing. And they do this stuff, too. We, I mean, it's the same kind of, like, surprise. Like, you're X-Force! Yes! <laughs> they just don't die immediately. Like, that's amazing. I, I love like, that so much. Wow. It's like, my name is Shatterstar, and I'm an alien who's basically better at everything. It's like, this <laughs> yeah. guy can't last very long in the movie. <laughs> and he looks exactly like, like the, this is the greatest way of just making fun of the, the comic book characters. And I used to read these comics. I, I I used to like the. I didn't really follow X Force, but but I used to read the X Men and and its extended universe. But I wonder, like, for people who are super into that, especially if you were a super X Force fan, did did you feel in on the joke, or did you feel a little a little betrayed by yeah. by that? <laughs> I had Terry Crews and everybody like yes, and then it's just yeah. I felt a little betrayed by that. I hope. You, I hope he uses that time travel doodad to to, to undo that because he only saved I, Peter. I don't want to see. I I love that everything they did with that though because they don't worry to have a Deadpool and Deadpool really belongs in these X Men movies because the X Men movies have timelines that make no sense. Right. So having a character that just literally breaks the fourth wall and just deliberately doesn't make sense in the universe. Even all the even their cameo in this, like, because they did this while they're shooting the '80s one, so they're all that age, and you're like, that's still like 40 years ago. <laughs> like, hold on, uh, basically, <laughs> like, yeah, who yeah, cares? <laughs> exactly. Like, we're not gonna call up Kelsey Grammer for continuity's sake. That is funny though. They're like, everybody I'm coming, nobody's here, and they just shut the door. <laughs> like they're in a party or whatever. Like they're already like, it's like the explanation. Like there's a reason that this place is dead empty when you show up. They hide from him. Like, oh, <laughs> like, this is the only guy that will talk to you. The megaton teenage explosion or whatever her name is. Yeah, that's what. And then the big criticism of this movie I heard just when like any kind of critics and stuff they talk about, you know, because. What, what's her name Vanessa is that her name Vanessa who gets fridge basically and I was like I get it yeah but I get that that's like a thing you can't and have that... her around in this movie series 
but I get that that's a thing, and I get that that's like you know true or like. But it also is a thing because it's actually effective for certain characters. Like if it's just like he's a good, yeah. If it's just unnecessary, and you have this guy who's honorable and needs to do the right thing, but for him, that's his one weakness. He can't die. He's not scared of anything. And so it's like that. It's actually in this case, I think it's effective for him though. Well, <laughs> you know? and that's also his only real link to being a real human. Like they right, and they use it they, for that. So he kind they of straddle that line in the movies way more than they do in the comics into trying to say in a certain light, Deadpool could be a normal person. And she's the, and she's the, the reason for that. Well, they don't, but they don't go, this happens. And now you're on a revenge thing. Like he kills that guy immediately or whatever. And it's done. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's, the, that's not what motivates him in the plot. It's actually what makes him like, want to help the kid out later on. Yeah, right. That's, I, that's the, I think a lot I mean, of it has to do with the way you tell the story. If you're not going to, you know, you, I get the women in refrigerators trope, <laughs> like as as a that that's not something people want to see. But but honestly, if they did anything wrong, it was basing the first movie too much in in a romantic kind of story to try to make it more of a a main. Well, I think the kind first of movie. One, the, yeah, the first one, the motivation is her completely to help yeah, save her. I, I think like, that was the mistake. This was just some you kind of had to because the only thing you can do in movies because every movie is a love story because it's just easy to work in, right? But every sequel is going to be a breakup story because you've already seen those two fall in love. So either that person is just going to mysteriously be gone. We were talking about that with the Independence Day sequel where like the whole movie independence day is about jeff goldblum trying to get together with his ex-wife and it works they save the world they're back together and then they cut to independence day too they don't even mention where she is she's just out of the picture and he has a different girlfriend he's like well don't don't feel too special because he saved the world for the last one (laughs) right (laughs) so don't worry about that (laughs) that's the one thing you do or you have to do what they did, which is you gotta you gotta write it out because there's no second story. I think the only franchise that I I, re- I really appreciate for this is the Mummy movies. Even when they lost Rachel Weisz, they they recast right. rather than come back and say no, they're just divorced and that character's not around anymore. Like they just recast it with a different actress because it was so integral to that story that they had that they'd been through all those adventures together. You never see that. So you can't really do that in this because Deadpool is like a sociopathic assassin. Well, that's what I'm saying. I I get it. I get the kind of the critique of that stuff, but it's just like, I mean, for these characters, it's like they have to have, he doesn't have a kid. It could be a kid motivated. Like I don't, I just don't think it's that one for one though, either. You know what I mean? I get the thing, but this is also this movie about this guy. And what what is the only thing he cares about, <laughs> right? That's like I, it's it's just that's the situation he's in. Well, like, it's I don't know. an extreme <clears throat> expression of superhero cliche. So right, this is a bad movie to point out as the one that they should have been more progressive with, <laughs> like or they should want to center on every other superhero franchise before before you criticize this one. Yeah, on that level. It, and, and I guess both ways you could have said, well, maybe they could have actually made the jokes about it too in this one. <laughs> Unfortunately, they they asked those writers 
those guys did you hear that they asked them about like some of the, one of the first questions they're like oh, do you think that and they're like they never even heard of that term i was like oh that's a bad answer don't say yeah. that don't do but, that that's looked bad but in their defense that's not a movie term that's a comic well movie. i mean but it for for people making a thing that's supposed to be a send-up of comic and comic book movies it's like you would think you might be i'm not i'm not prosecuting for them i don't care but i'm just saying it's it's not you know what i mean like this is the the the, the humor and this stuff. They're they're making Liefeld <laughs> jokes at this one, like you know. So it's like, yeah, yeah. It just seems like it would be fit. Like you you'd be totally. That's the thing. He is super aware of everything. You know, of every joke or every bad joke. Every you know, in the movie, he's saying things are bad writing. You know, that's what he's I, like. You know, I guess to to defend their their comic book credibility, that's not that that's a a meta sort of conversation. Right, that's that came true. out of that. Like you know, you know, like you can know everything there is to know about the the story of these characters, but that doesn't mean you stumbled upon this website that, that just <laughs> lists thousands of examples of women being treated horribly in comic books. It's like that's. It's funny to me that that's as well known outside of our circle as it is. I mean, we talked about this a few years ago, and it and it was what I I thought a kind of obscure. Yeah, but everybody sort of likes term. And now, and now it's an now. industry <laughs> so. term for comic book movies. You know, but I know but when I, we talk I, about something, you know, it becomes important. So I, I should have taken that into account. Yeah, we're that we gave it to TV at my dinner bump. We're influencers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the alpha consumers of, of this sort of information. Yeah. And this isn't, I don't want to get, this isn't getting too polite. Like, it's just, I feel like there's always just a fine line of that stuff. You know what I mean? It's like, because at a certain point we're like breaking down what an actual story is. It's like, well, they, it just sucks that it's like a woman or a man, but then watch one woman has this exact, she's trying to save him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, then he, and then he dies and she gets, and that's what awakens her. And then she gets, you know, it's the same. So it's like, it's more of just a lazy device in general. Cause I kind of think yeah. of like when you say women in refrigerators kind of thing, you're talking about stuff usually that's more egregious than just a character death. Yeah, usually it's like a brutal thing, like and then I thought this that makes it kind of misogynistic in nature. That like somehow you decided to go even more brutal. What's a violation, girlfriend? I, yeah, yeah. And I thought this was handled nicely. How they have these little things where he's because you're right. It does like because without even if she, say she stayed alive this whole movie and they had adventures or something happened and the, the, you can't. The problem is Deadpool. You got to get him to cut his shit for a second to become human. You know. He doesn't do that. He just keeps going on and comments like, shut up for a second. You're wrong. Like you have to so you have to have those little breakthrough moments and that like that maybe there could have been other stuff that works, but I think it worked really well. Like I liked that. You know. Yeah. Again, I think it's sort of you know, the the fruit of the poison tree. I think it's the the mistake was probably involving the girlfriend character in the first movie because that to me is more the cliche where she's like she gets kidnapped and he has to rescue her at the end. That's the stuff I'd like to see least in in superhero movies. Like those yeah, Dan's on distress. I think is worse than that. Yeah, it's much more like yeah, yeah. Because if you get shot and die, that that doesn't betray any vulnerability. But if you're constantly getting kidnapped, people have to start asking, "Is it you?" Like he even makes that joke about taken in in that movie. He says, after after three movies, you just have to ask yourself, is he a bad parent? Yeah. <laughs> so he's making the, the joke about that same trope that they end up using at the end of the movie. Right. 
So that's a fine line too. Like if you're doing it for laughs or are you using the same cliches that everybody else is? To me, all the stuff that involves her is is just cliches that they've brought from other superhero movies because in the first film, they were probably a little concerned that they needed something to ground the character in the story to appeal to a broader audience. And I thought it worked. But in this one, they're like, now that we've established that this is just holding us back, we can't ground the story any further. Plus, he has a whole, has a whole outside crew of characters that are in charge of, of his personal conscience. He doesn't need to be grounded as a human being by this character. Right. And so, and that's, that's good. I, I like all the, I like the kid from Hunt for the Wilder People. He was yeah. funny. What, he's, he just got cast in another movie. That kid's, that kid is having a lot of, a, a lot of good successes. Hunt for the Wilder People is good, especially if you like Taiki Match or Thor and everything. It's pretty it's a, cute. It's and a cute Sam movie. Sam is good in it. Like, uh, I call this the Waititi effect. It's like, uh, how, this is all turning into success. I don't know, but but so far every time everything this guy touches is gold, and you wouldn't you wouldn't call it that at first. You wouldn't say, "Yeah, that's going to be a gold idea." Right. They're even they're still talking about making a what we do in the shadows TV show. I think they already signed on. Not talking about. It. I think they like signed a deal for it or something. Yeah, I don't think it's in production yet, but they've been putting like cast together and stuff. Which is sort of a shame because I wanted them to just do a sequel to me when they're going to werewolf werewolves. We are wolves. We're wolves. <laughs> we are wolves. <laughs> like I like that here. Just hear worse than the joke right there. I guess they could Reece Darby that, just yeah. saying that. We are wolves. We're wolves. <laughs> we're werewolves, not swearwolves. I guess he doesn't have time for that there. He's shooting that Hitler movie. I'm gonna probably do Thor Ragnarok too. I just saw still from that. Like, okay. Maybe that'll be a giant blockbuster for you. Who knows? But this is the time. I do like people that do that. Like, this is the time. If, you, if you're feeling it, that you can do no wrong, then pick your craziest idea. Just right. go for it. Because that's what I think... that article I posted on uh, on the, the TV at Mendinner Facebook was talking about. I think the headline was something lame, like uh, five reasons the Marvel Universe should have failed, which is not particularly accurate, I don't think, to the whole article. But but one of the things that they kept talking about was it's difficult for anybody to try to mimic this success because nothing that they did sounded like it should have worked, but it did. Like there's the DC extended universe is almost a cautionary tale for what would have happened if every decision Marvel made didn't just magically work for them. Right. It just, everything they came up with, just worked and i i don't i think that's a little reductive because i think they did put a lot of good effort and made some good decisions but there would be no way signing on beforehand that you would say this is just going to work i think it it had to come from them having an idea of well this is just what we want to do with it and 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 we'll try to make it the best movie we can make but this is where we want to push forward they never like went to a committee and said what are our properties that would make the best the best selling movies Mm mm-hmm they were just like, what do you want to do next? Like, where can we go from here? And and before you knew it, they'd hit like a Guardians of the Galaxy and like, apparently anything we do works. So whatever you want to do is on the table. Right. So that's a very difficult thing. But I think that 
that does come from not being afraid of your successes. You 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 take that forward momentum. And I think if if anything, like we were talking before we started recording about trying to do maybe an episode where we analyze how the Marvel mega franchise works compared to all the other people who are unsuccessfully trying to do it. Mm-hmm. And specifically Star Wars, which is the closest to a functioning cinematic universe, but still not quite to the level of Marvel where they can just take these sort of ancillary ideas and make them as powerful a franchise as, as, as their heavy hitters. Like with Solo, it's like if the Marvel effect were in play, then Solo would have been a big hit because yeah. like the Thor effect, like, well, now that you, we have your trust, we're going to make a movie about a character you haven't heard of. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're still just, even though we've had so much Star Wars stuff, we're still establishing Star Wars, like, like that you're still establishing corners of that world we've never seen before, right? And that's not what the Marvel movies are about. Like that that's kind of Marvel movies have a lot of advantages because it's like it's Earth. You know about Earth, right? Don't worry about it. Now just watch this person deal with this thing. You know what I mean? Like they don't have to do this thing. It's like, I don't know if I like the you know that one bar they went to? It's like it wasn't like they didn't have like a big variety of creatures. (laughs) I'm like, what? Nobody cares about what bar Tony's in in the cycle. You know, you're like, whatever. Uh, what, I think what? there is a secret there too, like where mainstream audiences may not be familiar with the Marvel Comics characters, but they are now familiar with the fact that each new movie is going to tease what's coming next. And whether or not you know those characters are familiar with those stories, that's fun. Right. To see it sort of unveil itself that way. And nobody else is doing that. Like the. I mean, arguably, they they tried to do stuff like that in the DC movies, but for a lot of different reasons, it didn't quite work that way. But but they don't do that in Star Wars at all. Like like you know what's coming, but each individual property is if it does anything, and and this may be this may be a good lesson for them to learn. The the Star Wars movies, what they tease is throwbacks to movies that already happened. Like, like, oh, Darth Vader's in this. It's like, oh, there's the, the Darth Maul in this. That's interesting. Like, But that does less to tease where they're going as it does to tease where they've been. Oh, that's or, a good point, too, because you get a Marvel kind of... thing says, oh, we're headed somewhere. Oh, where are we going next? It's a ride. And they say, you know, what's what next stop is this. It's like, ooh, I can't wait to see. That'll be fun. Yeah, and it's also they get an advantage, too, because it's like you're not probably seeing the Star Wars movie without having seen Star Wars. You know what I mean? And been in that thing. Whereas like they, they have a best of both worlds with Marvel stuff because the deep fans can go, Oh, I love Black Panther. I'm excited. That it's like, you get a nostalgia hit, but then yeah. for just people wandering in, it's like, this looks like a fun brand new franchise. Like, well, it's been around for 50 years, by the way, but that's also not the point. You know what I mean? They, it doesn't matter to them. It's well, that's like, yeah. New. What is it named after the Black Panther party? No, he actually came out before that. Really? Yeah. Yes. So he's but named after a Black Panther, which was actually an animal, if you didn't know that. It's just a but lot. I mean, that is true. Star Wars get, is just a lot to take in. They get the sort of deep core fans who provide the nostalgia, and then they bring new fans who are just looking for what happens next. And there's an interesting conversation that happens. And this is where Star Wars has a... And in DC and Star Wars have the same problem, because concepts were too beloved by the base... And so instead of the conversation being, oh, they're going to do this next, the conversation is like, oh, God, what are they going to yeah. do to this? 
like you can hear people in the theaters where there's the one person who knows the Marvel history is explaining to all the other people that are there, like, oh, this character was this. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, and, and there's sort of a sense of wonder and excitement there. But well, it's not that disappointment, like, well, but this character was supposed to be like this kind of stuff. Like, it backfires on these other franchises. Well, and also the Marvel comics. I mean, this is just from my perspective. Like, but even the comics in general, like, I read Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, those things, but I'm not directly going, it needs to be like this when I see, you know what I mean? Like, yes, character, absolutely. Everybody feels like they're a character, but as far as, like, plot-wise and stuff, like, if you, the... The problem with Star Wars, we have three three artifacts that were created in the late 70s and early 80s, right? That are like, that had this magical effect on people. And as artifacts unto themselves, they are, they are magical, right? They're really, people love them. You saw them when you were younger. I love them, still love them. They have such good examples of storytelling and acting and writing and certain stretches, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The Empire to the really just magical moment. I mean, they're movie history. There are these three, th- I mean, you could say Return Jedi, but they have profound moments. They're like, the story is very deep, interesting. It works pretty clockwork and it's very tight, right? And wraps up. And it's this perfect little thing. These three movies, right? Done. And it's in a world. So every reference we have and what we want, it's like, well, we already have those. We want everything to match that. And it's kind of unfair. Whereas Marvel or any comic book movies, people talk about Marvel. Like, so let's talk about Thanos and stuff. People talk about those stories. And when you hear people talk about them, it's they're not really they're not really talking about the the when you talk about Star Wars, you're referencing the movie, you're referencing lines I could recite the whole movie to you with, with Thanos or whatever, you know, backstory in comics. They're like, yeah, they kind of did that in the comics. It's like this mythology that doesn't have to match anything, like the new version yeah, of it sometimes. Where you don't but, even have that much investment. And in, in fact, most of most of the time you're making excuses for the comics. So, yeah, it was kind of dumb. You like film of death. Like that part's dumb. The idea is cool, though, so I'd like to see what they do with that. It's like they have a perfect – like they're like teed up to succeed. I mean, not, I'm saying they've done something amazing, and how they do it with the acting and writing is and directing is amazing. But they have you a perfect – Something situation. really like, – the, the, the difference here is kind of dark that you touched on because cause what you're talking about when you say, well, the Marvel movies work for people because they're accepted as mythology. They were not right. stuck on the events themselves. We want to see right. how the stories are, are presented in a different way in, in an interesting new medium. Whereas fundamentalist Star Wars movies, yeah. we just say, no, it has to happen. And fundamentalist, again, the, 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 that's, that's touching on the difference because Star Wars was created as myth and is now being sort of held as religion. And this these, is a book. dark is a book. fanatic fans, like it has to be this way or that way. It's like you're talking theology now, because right. mythology is, is formless. Like you can you can reinterpret it and you can and you can revisit and re-explore these ideas in different ways for different generations, especially. Yeah. And that's my for point. With it, and with these, we have a six-hour Bible, basically. It goes. These are these three things. These are the word of Lord Lucas himself, right? And this even is worse is there was a New Testament of three new ones that came out later that we are now divided on whether or not which of those canons. Oh my God! This is like is true. Like it really <laughs> is. Christians versus the Jews, and this is like a, so yeah. now revisiting this. Like now we're just going to revisit the magic of that. It's like first of all, you have divided That's camps actually, this of is... the original. Source material. This is great. Yeah, be interpreted. We all agreed on all three. We all agreed on the Old Testament, but then 
it got murky. This is we've seen. Why didn't we foresee this coming? It's happened <laughs> thousands of times before. This story of human history. Well, it really does. Like, I mean, we're comparing it directly to, the, to that particular religion, but I do think that, but that is the actual, in all seriousness, that is the actual yeah. core problem. Is you're now taking this as whether you like the original trilogy or the prequels or both. And whether you like the neutral, you're you're expressing it, you're interpreting it as dogma, and right. that's why like the the reactions are so disproportionate. It's like I just hate you because of that movie. It's like I'm sending death threats. I don't want people fired. I have a petition to fire a stranger from a job. Well, yeah, and that's why I think, but it, but I think that's what you know, I keep mentioning that Patrick Willem guy did that video essay. He's getting at the core of this too. It's when. It, like you said, when it, like the Marvel thing, it's not. It's just mythology. It's kind of loose stories that are cool. So I'd like to see what they do with a lot of those storylines. I don't care. Like even as the biggest comic book fans, like oh, I love if they brought some of this run into it. And that's what Marvel's doing. They're taking the best stuff and they're like, yeah, we yeah, don't like care. Civil sure, War. We'll, we'll Is that. that like the? We'll make it work. No, no, but people like it better because now you hope people go. Yeah, it's way it makes more way, way more sense yeah, than the, the comic. Comic was like, kind of dumb. <laughs> when you go back to any of them, you're like, the comic was kind of dumb. Yeah, that's the kind of that's the kind of dirty secret. Comics are kind of dumb. I love comics. Anytime and you read them, there are some beautiful comics. I'm not saying it's an art form. I'm just saying some of these classic, you know, 80s superhero comics. And you read them, you're like, yeah, I get it. And that's why, you know, they're goofy. John Malone got it right. They're they're an expression of modern mythology. Like yeah. that's, in that medium, that works. But if you tried to translate that exactly the movie, it wouldn't work. It's just like if you read go read Lord of the Rings. And Aragorn is the biggest pompous ass in that whole, like, he's like, what say you, you shall not take my sword? Like, and then you get, he, you know, um, what's his name? Viggo Mortensen, he's awesome. He's quiet, spoken. You know, that's how you translate that character. <laughs> they didn't treat that as a Bible. They treated it like, this is mythology. Well, right. that was like the famous line from, from Harrison Ford in the first film was just saying, you can type this shit, but yeah. you can't say it. Right. Like, and, so, and that is exactly the truth. It's like you have to, you got to allow it, even in the case of a screenwriter allowing his words to make it to the screen, it has to get translated into somebody, you know, humanly but, expressing it. And you've had 40 years of people analyzing the text as a text of saying, as a literal, and like, yeah. like, and asking Mark Hamill, and every time he's like, I don't know what that means. He just wanted me to say this, so I just ad libbed this part. And you're like, what? Yeah. No. Just be charming. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what he said about Lando. I don't it's know like, about all that. Just be charming. I love Donald Glover's story there because he's like, I came up with this backstory. He's like, he's the guy that always has to win. He went to this whole thing. And <laughs> yeah, he went, he's on the he outside said, looking in. He's always wanted to be rich, right? He's like, I don't know about that. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like, I like, he's like after about 20 minutes, me explaining. And he, he's like, I don't even think he was looking at me when he said it. He's like, just be charming. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, okay. I, I was, Did you hear that I was glad that... um. This is like to give, talk about solo for a second. Just again, that I saw that thing where Harrison Ford, like, uh, you know, surprised all Narek and said you did a good job. But he actually called because I was listening to Ron Howard on the Empire podcast. Harrison Ford called him and he said, "He's like Harrison Ford's never effusive, but he he said I loved it. He did such a great job. You need to tell like." I think like, that's so nice because yeah. that kid's getting screwed more than anybody in this movie. And he does great. He had the biggest challenge, and I think that he did great. And people just didn't like the movie. I don't want Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, everybody before the movie, they're like, that's the big question. Can this kid do it? This movie will be made or broken on whether or not the kid 
And then and it then, doesn't matter. And they nailed it, and it and it didn't make money anyway. Well, people go, he nailed it, and they're like, yeah, but I have problems with the movie. Like, but hold on, let's acknowledge <laughs> something. I know you might yeah. not like the movie, you but you just said if you could buy that kid's Han Solo, you could buy the movie, and now <laughs> you just jump past that, and yeah, but but now I just wanted this to happen. Yeah, there's a chicken. In the that's living that's room. the well, that's the Wi-Fi in the plane bit. <laughs> Like you, like oh, of course it's broken. It's like you didn't have that five minutes ago, and now you have it. And you're pissed <laughs> exactly. about it. Like it's coming from space. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I think this is this is a neat thing. But that I like this idea of, um, and that's the kind of cultural thing we're in now. And that's what we, we have a churn of commentary and churn of articles and churns of people's experiences, like from you know where it's like they we're losing a bit of context for that. Like the thing being treated as a text and the thing being treated as like just myths. But then we have with every movie from like devil Two, we're talking about like every, yeah, the frigid thing's not a big deal, but because as it exists, there's always going to be think pieces now about it. And then you get turned up other stuff. Like every, the, the degree to which everything is, an, that's what's happening now. Everything is being analyzed to that degree. And I almost think after last Jedi, I'm almost convinced infinity war kind of disproved it a little bit. And Black Panther was more of a thing than not, right? It was more important to be more of a social movement. Yeah. But I almost feel like a lot of these things, maybe solo proves it, maybe not just Star Wars thing, but I felt like the Deadpool 2 reaction just critically was kind of like, yeah, it's okay. And it made a lot of money. So I don't think it's the general audiences, but I just wonder if, like, can we have nice things anymore? <laughs> because I just think people are like... I don't think you could safely have them. Yeah, you're never yeah. going to have... I, I think that toxic fandom will die down because... I do think, and and I might just be making this up, but I feel like it's older fans that bring that more than you know, I don't know. I think I it might be millennial fans too. Just, like, I think a lot maybe, of the, like sixteen-year-old boys though in the room writing those things too. Because I don't, I mean, you might be right too. I think and there may be just like it's a sandwich defect or something. <laughs> Who's that, angry? That <laughs> What's sad about this is when I first started like really getting into studying like the star Wars expanded universe and all this kind of stuff is right. But right after Disney bought it before force awakens, I thought this is an interesting point in time to start studying because this expanded universe may be about to get thrown out. And we actually can see because myths are told in cycles and the cycles aren't necessarily consistent in terms of keeping like story continuity with each other. I mean, that was true. Right. People cry about legends, but but before Legends canon, there was Expanded Universe, and that got thrown out. Like, they didn't consider the Han Solo novels to be canon to Legends when right. the 90s Expanded Universe was developed. And they threw out the Marvel comic, which I grew up with. I loved the Marvel comic. So I didn't want them to throw that out. That was better canon to me than the Dark Horse comics. But it's just the way things work. So at that point, I'm like, oh, when they start this new canon, it's probably they're probably going to throw out the expanded universe. This is a good time because you actually have this mi- this microcosm in which you've seen a brand new mythology get created, and we can watch it evolve. And now I think we are actually seeing that that singularity where the mythology gets compressed into a religion, and and what well, that you can as a result of that, yeah. Because to me, what did it for me? The the prequels just broke it for me, right? They actually yeah. we talked about this before. It trained me to go, oh, these are just sets of mythology. These are just sets of stories. I don't have movies. to take them all in. Okay. Yeah, this, who cares? It's already 
that that is a weird that's that's why i'm almost convinced they're all young people doing i mean it could be older people too have a bug up their butt about this thing but i felt that was always a thing when i was a kid like younger 20 or something like oh yeah but it's not like a per, like the matrix i remember being real mad about that because like it's not like a, it's such a good movie and these other two i was like <laughs> who cares like it, it used to be like almost like a box set mentality that's what i always call it because you want like oh but you want to put them up on your shelf and have all three of them they're all great and have like, all of them together they suck and that second one it's like now it's also because I don't have movies on my shelf. <laughs> I don't have any physical movies. I'm like, I know, in the digital it's world, like, that doesn't even matter. It's like, in who the cares? digital world, not only can we not have the movies we don't like, the technology exists that we could actually change the existing movies to our liking if we wanted to. Right. Like, so that's, I'm not saying is the what fans should be doing as a general rule, but now that you have that ability, I don't know that need for everything to be perfect. Maybe, maybe it doesn't need to be. Maybe if you don't like, like, there's one Highlander movie that's good. It's my favorite movie. Everything after that is not good. But that doesn't, doesn't take, take away from the away mythology from the first and stuff. Movie. Yeah, yeah just or like, just the mythology of it. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and if you accept that, then you can even watch those others for what they are. Just don't say this backpedals the original movie. It's like, no, that exists by itself no matter what happened. Like these things were created in a chronological order. We live That's what... in, in linear time. So that movie exists in that form forever, whether or not there was ever a sequel to it. People are just weird. I don't know. That's, <laughs> right. that's, that, that's my conclusion on things. Because people are just a mess of a grown ups are. There's such a mess of expectation, you know? Because I'll hear, you know, talking about the Star Wars, you hear all those people like, oh, Rebels was so... I liked Rebels. thought everything was cool. I loved all the mythology thing. But you might be the same with me. I love the stuff they introduced like that. It's intriguing. Those mythology Mm -hmm. and Mortis time to tie-ins. And it it got heartfelt sometimes with Kanan and stuff. But it was, overall, it's like, cool. You know what I mean? I never felt like, oh, I was just... It wasn't like what we talked about the most recent episode of Westworld where I was like, holy crap. That's great. wow. But this is, you know what I mean? But well, obviously, they had moments like that in Rebels. But Rebels, I plays, do too. But, but Rebels plays serve, it, it pays a lot of service to the things we want to see in a Star Wars story. It just does it in a really good, a really smart way. But right. they figure out a way in that context to say, we'll have some lightsaber stuff, we'll have Jedi kind of stuff, we'll have Dark Jedi kind of characters, we'll have Boba Fett looking people, you know. And I'm not going to say it's cookie cutter because, because it earned it, its story. And it but I'm, grew, but but yeah, to but yeah, it's ancillary to the core story. Yeah, and it's yeah. a kid's story, and I, I I get it. It's a cartoon, and but, but I mean, like even just that. Sometimes those things are tiresome. That show, I love the the deep like the revelations, but the like the plots are always kind of just you know very simple and dumb. You're like, okay, okay, like, well, it's you know, like okay. episodes too. Yeah, so yeah I get it. And but I but I know people like on just certain websites and stuff that just rave about those shows like they're like movie episodes you know what I mean like they're just amazing, and then with Solo they're just like yeah it just felt like one of those episodes I was like well that's cool you want a big budget one of those and they're like well I just expect you know when I expect some like when I go to a movie I expect it to be and I was like that's the problem I don't know what <laughs> you know you can't I put it in front of Solo and you're just like this is cool I, whatever I wish the takeaway on this was. And and because I do think sometimes you're just spending too much money. Because yeah. 
your problem with Solo was that you got accustomed to spending two hundred to three hundred million dollars per film. Well, and the problem That's with an this assumption one, that you're going to make a billion dollars, you have well, and, to make that much. Yeah, and the problem with this is also the criticism. Again, this is like again, it's funny that I hear this criticism from usually kind of more open-minded like critics and stuff like politically but they'll say these things where they go it's just like but yeah that's i mean because this one might have been that apparently this one was the most expensive ever just because they reshot the entire thing right and so it's like 250 million or whatever it was and they that that number's out so people go well i expect when it's like 250 million dollars and all this stuff and i was like or they made such a big deal they need i was like yeah because they had to save it because they've been really bad that's what they're thinking was you know but what we don't did want you to... see on the screen though too because when you think about it how much bigger did you want the movie to be because it it had all the blockbuster kind of scenes. well they're just saying yeah but they're just saying it just felt like nothing for that and i was like yeah but that the only reason it was that much is because of this extenuating circumstance it's not just that, you know what i mean come on context here I they're just they saving it just their finances and make like a solo tv show yeah like spend this money you know, you could have these actors. They're not, they're not untouchable. And plus, A-list actors are in high-end TV shows because you're you're filming ten episodes. You're not. Well, you're that's not, where I'm the most excited about this. Spend three hundred million dollars on a ten episodes of a solo TV show and don't try to make a solo sequel. I would love that. Johnny Favs and stuff making that Star Wars show. Apparently, he had. I don't know if he said this in the show before. He had ideas. He had the idea for the show and so in college. That's what oh, he said. How- fun for him and he should get this he deserves this and he, he already wrote that's what they said that one of the when they went to the solo premiere this one guy was asking questions and they didn't answer ask him about that but he just kept he wanted to talk about it he's like oh, yeah i've already written like four or five of the episodes <laughs> and they're not even like starting production pre- you know what i mean but he's just like i just went ahead and wrote because i wanted to yeah so. cause it'd be fun because who knows they might pull the plug it's like colin Trevaro. he's like you know I'm not going to talk about what my idea was for episode nine. I'm not going to talk about what happened with, with Disney. We like, they went their way. I went mine, but at for a while, when I was going to direct that movie, I got to pitch my story to George Lucas and Mark Hamill. And, and no one can take that away from me. That was the the biggest moment in my whole life. And much talk about my idea for a star Wars story with those two people. I thought that was cool because I don't like Jurassic World that much, and I don't. I have, I don't know. I just have doubts. I like the the safety not guaranteed movie, but like, I don't know. Like, I I I was okay with him, JJ coming, you know, not replacing him basically. But I love that response. That's great. That's what I'm talking about. So yeah, it's not about the thing. It's about what we're doing and what we're doing in the context of it. And he's just happy that happened. He's like, cool. What I wish they would do here's here's what I feel like you guys should use part of your expanded universe for her like they had they used to do a thing called infinities or something which was sort of an else worlds like oh these aren't part of any kind of canon kind of stories i wish once this whole thing is over they would just take jj abrams original episode eight script george lucas's original episode seven script colin tavaro's original episode nine script and just put them out let us see what they would have been once you're finished with the the trilogy as you want to make it. I would be curious to read those stories, but not for what I could have had. I'd just be curious. I've got the alternate versions of the uh, of the original movie scripts, and some some of which are very different. You know, especially for the first movie, it's fascinating to read that stuff. 
I do want to like you um, have to have a mythological mindset. Don't think like it should have been this or that. It's like it's not anything. It's made up. <laughs> but enjoy the story for what it is. I do understand that you have to have a certain suspension of disbelief and you want continuity to provide that for you. But in the case of something like this, just enjoy a thing for what for what it is. As an did idea. You, did you see like it's not, I want to read again because this isn't like a, some big public debate, but all those people after Last Jedi, it's like George Lucas should be back now. This is just ridiculous. They should have used his thing and all this stuff. And then it's like Kathleen Kennedy should be fired and all this. I hope he's laughing his ass off at people saying stuff like that now. I hope this is George Lucas's revenge that and is well deserved. Well, I, I think, yeah, I'm glad that he feels like the way. I don't, I'm not, I don't him, but do you see that thing today? It literally came out today where they said he talked about his plans for what 789 would have been about. Oh, no, I, I do. I want to read that though. I did read that they had released or, some of that stuff. I think the art of Star Wars books have some of those. Well, here, I'll just read a little bit of this quote real quick. <laughs> he goes, the next three Star Wars films, this is a quote-unquote, we're going to get into a microbiotic world. But that's their world of creatures that operate differently than we do. I call them the wills, which is cool. He's like, but they had actually control the universe, but they ride on, it's all about metachlorians, basically. We're vessels for them, and the conduit is the metachlorians. The metachlorians are the ones that communicate with the wills. The wills, in general sense, they are the force. And, they, and he gets it, but his whole explanation was this very thing about... <laughs> microbiotic world now, i didn't know what that meant it meant like he was going to explore what that means or that's where the story some people are like this movie's osmosis jones it's like i don't think it's gonna take place in a body i think <laughs> yeah, it's, i don't like, think it means that it's like it's inner or whatever it <laughs> was fantastic voyage is that the one where they, yeah they do like the inner space and they go in uh well i kind of always once i thought about midichlorians a little bit more i thought well he's sort of trying to to have this spiritual version of of mitochondria right you know, and that makes sense that this sort of building block of everything and and i thought it's, it was just, kind of neat. it's just you can't introduce science fiction into a fantasy world that's yeah that's you can't the problem do that. that's too legalistic yeah and the old, his there, initial complaints about the new trilogy was like they're trying to make it too metaphysical. It's like, yeah, but that's you what it introduced is. the metaphysical idea. You can't go back and and try to make it something. Not that that's not a neat idea. I just you can't sell that in the context of the world you created. But would I like to read that script? Yes, write a novel out of that script. Make a comic book out of it, and I'll read it. And it doesn't change a thing about the way I enjoy the rest of the movies as they made them. Deadpool was good then. Yeah, Deadpool's good. I think more of this thing comes up. Just talk about it for about fifteen minutes. <laughs> All right. So we did. Yeah, we did talk about Deadpool two. Go see it. Good movie. It's good. So <laughs> and I haven't seen a bad show. movie this year. We're complaining. I'm like, oh, I may have to go. Now that'd be like, good. Quiet probably... Place is also really good too. You haven't seen that? You have that was a. Oh, I'll have to wait till that's on Blu-ray. It's got to be coming out soon. So I'll just wait on that one. I saw the trailer for the new Halloween movie. It looks decent. Oh yeah, I did. I thought you. I watched that trailer. It's like, oh, that's fun. That it's was so my funny how favorite. We get excited. Marathon that we did. That was the best one. The well, because they're all Hellraisers are depressing because they're just not good. At that them. was just like yeah. After like <laughs> the the first movie, it's like a Highlander. Like after the first movie. You, there's an asterisk to every one of them as to what you want to That's say just, in terms of quality. 
brutal too there's like and by the time you're in like the tent like they're still making them they made one since then and i watched it i was like oh okay but halloween was super fun i loved doing halloween at least you got to see that do an episode on it then halloween's just fun like and that trailer just got back all that like i have nostalgia for this stuff i only watched it three years ago when we did it (laughs) that's the first time i've ever seen all those movies but now i'm like yeah it's fun. It's a total requel because it's basically the same exact story. They said it's the second one. This is right after the first one, right? Yeah, well, that's what the trailer says because they say... They, well, they said they arrested him, the right? Movie and yeah. he's been in jail for 40 years. But it ca- so, it's made by a fan, it must be, because it captures that, like, just, like, superhero-ness of it. You know what I mean? Weird. Well, yeah, they go into, like, the prison looks like a human weird. chest set for looks like some like weird 70s cubic film or something you're like what is this like, creepy guys giggling yeah jackets it's like it's and then all they bring out the mask and he's not doing anything but he's like emanating something out of him that they all start freaking out so you're like what is yeah it's about to happen and then he escapes and he goes to Haddonfield to kill him it's the first movie but it looks fun for that like because you you realize in all these franchises like what you like out of a horror movie is a repetition of the same basic story over and over again. And, but she gets to be fun and like, I wish she gets out of here. Every, every night I wish she leaves because I want to kill him. <laughs> I was like, all right, here's your chance. Like, he's Man, this. He ruined like, you, didn't he? That's fun. You know, so I was like, this will be, be cool. And it's another one of those things. If it doesn't work out, like, so what? Yeah, who cares? Because <laughs> I went to see the, the, well, I saw the first Rob Zombie one in the theater. I only saw the second one because we did the retrospective, but those didn't turn out so good. Um, but <laughs> you can like, listen to other episodes of TV at Medinner at TV at Medinner.com. Um, we, we talked plenty of Star Wars tonight, but we always talk Star Wars on Cloud City After Dark, which is currently living on CloudCitySocial.club. Um... We don't have, I don't know, yeah, I don't know if we're going to talk some Westworld or not. we gotta, we got to work that out, but Westworld's been going by and we haven't really gotten into that, so maybe we'll, we'll try to cover yeah. that throughout. Maybe when the season's over, we'll talk about that, at least in TV at my dinner, but there's some good stuff going on. That'll yeah, be, that's a good, The latest that's episode juicy. What's a great episode? Greatest episode, this latest episode was, I can't even pronounce the name of it, but it's... I can't, it's, tell, I can't say the names of any of the episodes. But it's like it's a perfect the one about we, the, the, the ghost nation. Yeah, guy. it's a perfect mixture a, of like a, a, myth a wedding, all the a way through episode that has more lore dump too than you could even possibly imagine. So it's like it's not just like oh great they got this little artsy episode. It's an artsy episode with super amounts of answers and like intrigue to what the park is. And I was like, yeah, this is amazing. And the this pacing is, of it, it's it's mythological kind of way, yeah. It's yeah. following this guy is a perfect mythic journey that he because goes he's on. T- he's telling the story like it's like an ancient myth, which it is to him because yeah. it's years and years ago. So he's telling it in the Ghost Nation language, just so you have that right. feel. Like I'm not even sure what actual language that they speak, but but that also he does that for a reason because you find out it's just a neat episode. It's just a it's a good one. That guy's a great actor. He was in. Uh, I think it was the second season of Fargo. He was one of the bad guys yeah. in, and, and that was a fun one. I haven't seen past the second season, but those first two seasons were fun. But, but he's a good guy. I gotta, gotta learn his name. We're gonna see him in a few more things. He's gonna end up in a Star Wars movie. Yeah, 
Everybody will swallow <laughs> yeah. everybody. Exactly. Everyone will be a superhero and in a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Next time we'll talk. We didn't even get into that, but we'll talk about it later. DC's like having huge shakeups and stuff for their movie thing. So yeah, and then, yeah, we may just have to find a proper framework to to discuss that in. So yeah. Just... We'll do like I a lot of things out there like... about that right now, and there's some good stuff because one of the good things from that. When I'm trying to wrap up, but but bring up. <laughs> Jeff Johns stepped down. But it's because he's taking a more direct creative right. role. So he's actually writing the Green Lantern movie now. Right. So that's that's good news. I I'm not as big a fan of his run of of Green Lantern as a lot of people as a lot of people were. But it was a good run. He does understand the character. Yeah, I just want people that care. That's all. I, you know, what they really want to. You know, if they understand the character, that's really the main thing. Yeah, and part of the problem. Like we said, comic books can run long, so they get dumb. So it's like, yeah, well, after a guy writes 10,000 Green Lantern stories, they're not all winners to me. But I'm sure you can write two hours of Green Lantern that would be exciting to see. Right. So cool. All right, good. Yeah, so we got all that stuff coming up. And uh, check out expandinguniverse.club is the blog where we talk about Star Wars. I, I got a new blog I was trying to post after Solo because... There was a bunch of stuff about the the Darth Maul history that I had already covered in the Myth Awakens. So I was like, well, I should just put that out in a blog and also buy the Myth Awakens, which is on on Amazon. So so that's out there as well. It goes over mostly the the mythical influences on the Force Awakens. So there you go. So yeah, do it right now. You're you're online. Won't kill you. So In the solo episode, Greg said he was going to listen to it, read it that night. That's what he said. Yeah, I'm dubious. He said, that. I just bought it. I'm going home and read it tonight. But he didn't buy it. So, so I appreciate that, Greg. But yeah, it's out there. If you buy the print copy, you get the ebook for free with it. So you might want to look at that. All right. But until, until such time as we see you again, my name is Sean. And my name is Andrew.